in the next 60 minutes here on Newsnight. Smaller political parties take on electoral commission demanding they rescind decision to use only district offices for the September limited voter registration exercise. We also want to publicly call on the Electoral Commission to rescind their decision and make the process more accessible and painless to enable the average Ghanaian to exercise their right and entitlement to be registered as a voter. We have more as the parties unite to force the EC to comply. Also tonight, non-payment of contractors and theft of crucial parts are established that reasons behind the non-functioning traffic and street lights in most parts of the country and the capital especially. I find it very difficult to understand why a human being like you and I, they go and pull all the cables, cut them and go and sell. Then government will have to look for another money to fix them. Then the major issue is that contractors are not being paid. They are not being paid. But some of the assemblies have issues. Monies are not being paid to contractors Meanwhile, there's more than a 30% increase in persons killed due to road traffic accidents in July 2023 compared to the same period last year. The little motivation is that comparing this year's figures to last year, we're seeing some reductions. In business, Bank of Ghana insists it financed government budget last year from existing resources and kicking against the whole argument about printing fresh currency. And in sports, Ghana's national long jump record holder Deborah Aqua appeals for support to treat injury after neglect by the country's sports authority. And then later, uh, in part two of our hotline documentary, Whispers in the Dark, we put the spotlight on the tragic phenomenon of children taking their own lives and what parents and the state can do to reduce the tragic losses. We have a whole agency that works on that, Mental Health Authority. Some time back, this thing was coming up. There was an upsurge, and the, the chief executive of that authority actually had to talk to the nation and things like that. Um, we need to get some reports from them. And later. All white meditative procession kickstarts 13th edition of the biggest street festival in Africa, Chalewate. We bring you the very latest. Stay with us. Plus your views. 055-11-11997. Details after this. Hey, you ever buy credits where you get up to 20% of your money back before? Make I tell you about Vodafone's a double promo. See, anytime you the recharge for a double, you get up to 20%. Whether it be short code or your Vodafone cash wallet, or you don't use credit transfer to your number or someone else. And now you be high tech, so you don't use my Vodafone app or any payment app. Car a However, you the do uh, Vodafone go send you up to 20% cash back. Car into your Vodafone cash account. Who reload here? But then he enter. Top up your airtime with five Ghana CD or more in Vodafone's a double promo. And receive 20% of your money back straight into your Vodafone cash wallet. Recharge and cash out in the Vodafone Air Demo Promotion. Vodafone, further together. Prudential Life Insurance presents the fourth edition of Pru Ride Accra. Whether you're a professional, an amateur, or just ride for fun, join us. Date Sunday, 10th September 2023 at Blackstar Square, Accra. Registration starts at 6 a.m., race starts at 7.30 a.m. Professionals register through their clubs. Amateurs and enthusiasts register at prudential.com.gh or dial star 778 star 001 hash. 
Registration is free and ends by the 31st of August 2023. Ride for a chance to win up to 15,000 Ghana cities and get branded medals and riding gears. Supported by Ghana Cycling Federation, Multimedia Group, Specialized Water, Fit Trip Gym, Sonotech Medical and Diagnostic Center, and Reggie's Juice Bar. Terms and conditions apply. For more information, call 020-201-8870 or 030-273-8727. Pru Ride Accra. Ride for life. And you're live here on News Night. It's on Joy 99.7 FM. Tonight, a number of political parties have come together to pile pressure on the Electoral Commission to reverse its decision to exclusively use its district offices for the upcoming limited voter registration exercise in September. The coalition of parties asserts that the EC had previously tabled similar proposals during an inter-party advisory committee meeting, but these suggestions were dismissed due to concerns about the potential disenfranchisement. However, despite these reservations and the previous agreement, they allege the EC had gone ahead to declare on Thursday that it will proceed with the registration solely within its district offices, disregarding the party's apprehensions. Well, we'll hear from the parties, including GCPP, LPG, CPP, PNC, APC, NDP and GFP shortly. But first, listening to the chairperson of the EC announcing uh, these details last week. The Electoral Commission will embark on a voters' registration exercise in all the 268 district offices of the Commission. The registration exercise will commence on Tuesday, the 12th of September, 2023, and end on Monday, the 2nd of October, 2023. The registration will take place in all the 268 district offices of the Commission, including the newly created Guan District. Each district office will serve as a registration center. The Commission staff at the district, that is the district electoral offices, the assistant district electoral offices, our secretaries and other staff will serve as our registration offices. Uh, well, that's uh, Jude Mensah uh, speaking just last week on the subject uh, at the press conference. Now, we can hear from the spokesperson of the group of political parties, the General Secretary of the Great Consolidated Popular Party, Citizen Atodadzi, who described the EC's decision to go ahead and use their offices as a stab in the back. As political actors, we have been concerned and held several press conferences to educate and encourage the general public in order to build confidence and trust in the Electoral Commission of Ghana, as their work has serious implications to ensuring a free, fair, and transparent electoral process and elections whose outcome will be accepted by all. The Electoral Commission, contrary to the discussions at IPAC, made an announcement on a voters' registration exercise with modalities which was not by the consensus of political parties and civil society organizations who were present at the IPAC meeting held last Wednesday, 16th August, 2023. All the political parties that were present unanimously objected to the registration exercise as this was going to affect the participation of the general public. We also want to publicly call on the Electoral Commission through its chair, Mrs. Jane Adukwe Mensa to rescind their decision and make the process more accessible and painless to enable the average Ghanaian who is eligible 
to exercise their right and entitlement to be registered as a voter. Well, other political parties joined him at this particular press conference and they corroborated uh, what he just said there, alleging that the EC's actions are undermining the work of IPAC. As an institution cannot take a decision without the advice of political parties. And they acted in bad faith. Even not up to Monday, they came up with a release, contrary to what we had discussed at the IPAC. So you see, they are being unfair to the country and they are being unfair to political parties, and they are undermining democracy as a whole. It is also um, a mutual agreement, and it is not a servant-master relationship at IPAC. It might not be binding as in law, but it is binding as in the relationship that we have. That whatever discussions we have there, it should be a mutual agreement between two. But we also think that as time goes on, to make IPAC very strong, we need to legislate IPAC. There should be a law that would make whatever decisions we take there binding. You know, that if uh, uh, EC should just take any action unduly, you know, without, of course, recourse to the public, which we represent, you know, with them. But it is in their interest to listen to us, you know, even though we cannot say in law that, you know, it is binding, you know, whatever we do. Well, six uh, political parties in all uh, attended this particular press conference. I want to bring in Evans Demarco, who is the Director of Research and Elections for the Gabon New Patriotic Party. They were not at this particular uh, press conference, but I wonder, uh, since they are one of the big two and they also sit in IPAC, do they share in the consensus we've just had there by these political parties? Mr. Demarco, thanks for your time here on Newsnight. Um, do, you, do you have these same concerns? Hello, Evans. Yes, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Please come again. Do you have the same concerns we've heard from these six political parties that uh, conducting the registration exercise in district offices will disenfranchise people? Well, thank you very much. I think for, for the new patriotic party, we've made our position very clear. that We were very explicit on the issue when the EC made the submission at IPAC. Uh, we said that, yes, uh, the EC has the constitutional right to say this is where we want to do our registration exercise. But in order that the EC will lessen the burden of political parties who help in mobilization of uh, registrants to get onto the electoral roll. Uh, in 2019, when the discussion came up, the EC, beside the district offices, also gazetted some additional registration centers. And we are reminding the EC to resort to those uh, registration centers to help uh, parties and other stakeholders and ensure that in the effort to open register for people to get their name onto the electoral roll, they don't go through uh, so much of difficulty. Evans, if you look into the CI-91, the regulation now is explicit that the EC will have to do continuous water registration. And the same provision says that the EC in doing so must consult with the political party. Uh, in view of that, the EC constituted the modalities committee to ensure that if the new CI had come into effect, the modalities committee was going to ensure that there will be smooth registration of uh, people who are due to be registered. We are appealing to the EC. I mean, under the circumstances, there have been not 
registration after the 2020 elections. A lot of people will have to be captured. It also demand political parties mobilizing these people, helping to ensure that they get their name onto the electoral roll. If we take the district center <coughs> as the registration center, it makes it difficult for people to travel uh, distances to get to the EC office, more so when the system of registration will not be able to take too much of them. And we are doing this for 21 days. And so the new Patriotic Party has made it clear to the EC that they should resort also to the additional voting centers that were gazetted in 2019. So, so clearly you've told the EC about your concerns. You want them to expand the centers beyond the district offices. Surprised then to learn just last week, the EC chairperson reading out the following words, quote, the registration exercise will take place in all 268 district offices of the commission. And that appears to me that that disregards the concerns you've expressed to the EC chairperson. The, the new patriotic party, I think the, our position is not different from what the other political parties have carried this, 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 this morning with respect to their press conference. We will continue to uh, urge on the EC to engage critical stakeholders so that we will have smooth uh, limited registration. Uh, exercise. Uh, uh, stay with me. Uh, I may have uh, lost uh, the... Uh, spokesperson for the group of political parties, but I want to bring in the Deputy General Secretary of the NDC, uh, Mustafa Bande, uh, who is also joining us pretty shortly. Uh, uh, online right now, though, is uh, the uh, spokesperson for the uh, group of political parties. He addressed a press conference today, Citizen Atul uh, Dadzi. Uh, Mr. Dadzi, you address a press conference today, but you have IPAC. Do you plan to formalize this petition? with the EC directly beyond the press conference? Um, good evening, Ivan. Good evening to your cherished um, listeners. Um, the EC knew that there was IPAC and they called us for a meeting at IPAC, which we were all present to have a discussion in relation to the modalities of the registration exercise. Unanimously, all the political parties that were present there were nine political parties, excluding GUM and the NDC. So all the nine who were present, including sections of the civil society organizations and even international partners, i.e. the U.S. Uh, representative from the U.S. Embassy and then representative from the Canadian High Commission, all contributed to say that the restriction of the exercise at the district offices of the electoral commission will be problematic and will not be participatory enough and might cause voter suppression or apathy. However, within 24 hours, the electoral commission decided to use conference to announce these things. Monday themselves told us that they would get back to us on Monday. So if for them, they want to sidestep IPAC, and do a press conference. We also address them today through a press conference that that decision that they have taken is an unpopular decision. It has shown bad faith to all of us who attended the IPAC meeting. And in, in the end, what was the essence of the IPAC meeting then? If this was the way they were going to go, then there was no reason why they organized the IPAC meeting. Yeah, but, but beyond the press conference, you want action. Um, you must formalize it somehow, or else it remains something you've said at the press conference. Is there a plan for that? 
if as in the press conference we said that we will continue to engage them as we've always done so yes there will be form of engagement with them um, beyond the press conference we uh, we know that their interest is not to disenfranchise any any voter because by law article 42 of the Ghanaian law says that each eligible Ghanaian is entitled to be registered as a voter so it is important for them to realize that to ensure that we do not disenfranchise anybody we should take the, the, the registration process to the people. Okay. Um, Mr. Dazi, thank you very much. He's a spokesperson for the group of political parties uh, who had held the press conference. As, you hear, as you've heard, the MPP uh, agrees with that position and they're also asking the EC to listen and expand the registration centres. What about the NDC, by the way? Uh, Musa Fagbande is a deputy general secretary of the party. Uh, Mr. Bande, I mean, needless to say that you agree because the MPP agrees. Normally, the two of you would be at loggerheads on this matter, but you agree with all the other political parties and that this was a unanimous position at IPAC. Uh, yet, yet, the EC had gone ahead to announce that it will be held only at district offices. What is it that the NDC plans to do now uh, in conjunction with the other political parties to get the EC, I guess, to listen to the collective position of all the parties, including the governing party? Thank you very much, Ivan. Uh, it's important that we reiterate our position that the electoral commissioners, most of the decisions they take are original. It does not seem to bear, you know, help the uh, understand that a transparent election is required at this time. Uh, we've stated earlier that it is very difficult for you to tell a voter to have to travel to a district capital to register and that the ordinary business of the electoral commission is at the polling station and not at the district capital. And so now that all political parties have agreed with this position, it means we have always said what is right. And again, if government fails to provide resources to the electoral commission, what can the Electoral Commission do? So, government and the Electoral Commission are the ones responsible for the men. If anybody will have to go through a challenge to register, it is not the business of Electoral Commission alone. The government is involved, because if the government does not give the Electoral Commission enough budget, the Electoral Commissioner cannot do their work. And so it's a two-way approach. When I heard of my brother from the MPP saying they agree with our position, that is pretentious. Because the MPP is in bed with the Electoral Commission. I mean, but what was the evidence to support that? How are they in bed with the Electoral Commission? The government of the day is MPP. So? The government must provide logistics, resources. But the Electoral Commission, Commission. The Electoral Commission is saying that we don't have resources. No, but they haven't said that in the press statement I read last week, that they don't have resources. Well, that is, I've heard her say that due to resource challenge and all of that they would have to resort to some other means. What I'm saying is that if the Electoral Commission has resources and yet it intends to undertake these exercises that will punish Ghanaians, look, even as we speak, we in the NDC, whether the Electoral Commission intends to proceed with this unreasonable decision or it want to back a retreat, we are ready. Ghanaians are ready to register. They, they will go through the pain to register but they will show the government in 2024. Hmm. 
And by the way, I need to ask you this. I mean, you allege, and I'm, I'm reading the uh, EC's press statement here. Never did the EC chairperson explain why they are restricting themselves to the district offices, 268 of them. Um, he didn't, she didn't give any financial reasons for that. It, it's just that they thought that was the right thing to do. It, will, will you do anything beyond the complaints tonight on radio and the press conference I've had other parties also uh, render today? The NDC has a stake at which we would have to back a stop. Now, we are, 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 you know, we are making the public aware gradually of the biasness of the Electoral Commission, the unpreparedness of the Electoral Commission to do Ghanaians good. When we get to a position where we have to take an action, we will do so, but we believe that at this point, she just wants to punish Ghanaians to help the government. It's involved in this. And so they well, well, I, I don't, I, I, I don't see that. I mean, but, but we just had the director of elections for the governing party say they also want the EC to do exactly what you're asking for. So how can they be in bed? They it's also are also unhappy with the electoral commission as you are. It's because they know that this thing would hurt government badly. It's a decision born out of bad faith. That is the, yeah, but if the, it, the but, weakest but decision if, they can ever but take. But if this will hurt government, then it actually then disproves your point that they are in bed with the EC. But why would the EC do something to a party that you claim is benefiting from its dealings? Well, they didn't They didn't think through this. Theirs was to do a voters' oppressing agenda. Hmm. And that's uh, Musa Fagbandi there, and he is the Deputy General Secretary of the NDC. Uh, let's stay with issues relating to politics uh, for a while, shall we? Because as you know, uh, we're building up to that Super Delegates Congress on Saturday. And tonight, the Chairman of the MPP Election Committee, Professor Michael Quay, uh, is warning all the aspirants uh, to stay off any attempt to buy votes either on the day or leading into the day because there will be consequences. Listen to Professor Michael Quay. With regard to vote buying and that kind of thing, we are very mindful of such challenges in politics. Those who have the constitution of the republic will see that political parties can't just operate. All they do must be in accordance with democratic principles. That is a mandatory provision of our constitution. And we will ensure that that is done. It is because of such problems that the committee has found it necessary to also ensure that you cannot bring a telephone because the telephones take pictures. It's not because of calls. It's because of pictures. To where you are going to vote, we make it an offense so that we don't have a situation whereby someone takes a picture of how he or she voted so as to go and sell it to somebody for some financial interest, whatever. So we are mindful of this, and we are doing all we can, reminding the public also that in this good country of ours, vote buying is an offense. It's a criminal offense. If you engage in it, both the giver and the givee will face criminal consequences <laughs> accordingly. Uh, and in fact, it is because we are all to go by democratic principles that we have invited you here. You are stakeholders in the democratic process, the fourth estate of the realm, and we expect you to actually help us to do what is right in this country. Well, and as you contrast, your election headquarters will be all over this for you. Uh, Samuel Mbura was at the press conference, joins us right now. And Samuel, they also gave us a, a bit of detail as to how these elections would actually be conducted 
on the 26th. This is Saturday. Tell us more. Well, Evans, the uh, vice chairman of the elections committee, Mr. Abankwaye Bois, uh, indicated that the security of the elections has been handed over to the Ghana Police Service. No private security and unauthorized persons, be it bodyguards or whoever individuals may be bringing to the elections grounds, will not be uh, permitted. Government appointees will not be also be given the opportunity to man the elections. Everything is going to be done by the elect- uh, Electoral Commission of Ghana and the aspirants can only present their representatives to monitor the entire election process. So elections start uh, from 9 and later by 1 p.m. Uh, everything uh, should be done. No mobile phones, as the ch- um, chairman of the elections uh, committee said, among other regulations and modalities that they have agreed with the aspirants. Thank you very much, Samuel Mbura. I want to join us. Uh, we start our coverage uh, from 8 p.m. on election eve that is friday uh, we're going to bring you some very fascinating analysis of all the aspirants uh, focusing on the front runners uh, those we consider to be front runners in our own estimation you don't want to miss that it's election eve special from 8 to 10 p.m friday evening and then the election day coverage starts at 7 a.m uh, till we know the outcome and then we do some post analysis for you you don't want to miss that here on your election headquarters now the tragic phenomenon of children taking their own lives is a heart-wrenching issue that has become increasingly prevalent in the recent years. These young lives are extinguished far too soon, leaving families, communities, and entire uh, country grappling with the aftermath. Now, it's emerging that excessive academic pressure driven by high expectations from parents and educational institutions and coupled with parents who do not pay attention to the traits their children exhibit can push children to the brink. In part two of our hotline documentary titled Whispers in the Dark, my colleague Ohemi Interia delves into what pushes some children to take their own lives and explores the vital roles parents and institutions of states can play in preventing these tragic losses. Jared was a stellar student and academically disciplined who maintained an academic GPA of 4.0. He was awarded a Triton College Scholarship Program scholarship after high school in 2019. His parents and siblings, who are yet to come to terms with his death, have been left in a state of confusion. Death is death, but suicide death is a different death. Why is it different? Because the loved ones left behind are left to ponder as to why. You can blame it on anybody, but yourself or somebody. So it's, that's why it makes it a unique death. If somebody killed or if they had a car accident, you can just say, oh, he was on his way to a different town and then he got, you know, rear-ended or T-boned by another vehicle and so he died of a motor vehicle accident. But in this case, it's unique and you, you just wonder what was the person experiencing, right? Why were you not available? What could you have done differently to have helped the person? And then you just keep wondering. It never ends. And the pain, I just, just can't describe. Little did the family know Jared, described as a complete student, was battling with depression, a mental health condition from his teenage days something he kept from his relatives. 
He did actually start experiencing that and, you know, he never discussed it. But just combing through his stuff and some of the notes that he had left was able to confirm that he was battling depression and suicidal thoughts and he didn't know how to share it. Um, but I quite remember that he was, although he was very enthusiastic, he was one of the kids that was very shy and almost very isolative in most instances. So all the time I had to call him to come out and do stuff. But I never connected the dots because he came out, he would do what he needs to do. But I didn't realize that when he was alone, he was struggling with his mind. He was battling his mind and he was in a really, really dark place um, that he never disclosed. There is, however, hope for people with suicidal ideation and other mental health issues. The Mental Health Authority has introduced a life-saving intervention by offering persons who require psychosocial support the opportunity to call and receive instant advice from mental health experts. The call comes at no cost to callers. Health Minister Kwekwaji Maimenu says he is aware there has been an upsurge in the number of suicide cases involving children. We are very much aware. We have a whole agency that works in that mental health authority. Some time back, this thing was coming up. There was an upsurge. And the, the chief executive for that authority actually had to talk to the nation and things like that. Uh, we need to get some reports from them at the moment. Whilst promising a nation on the situation, Mr. Menu, who is also a member of parliament for Doma Centra, described as prompter details of our findings on how lives of children are being lost to suicide. We have created what we call the Psychology Council. It is working now. We are registering psychologists. Some of these challenges we need to resolve with some psychology advice and things like that. So we are head on with that. But you see, there are certain things that you wouldn't know immediately when it's mental disorders until something happens. But I think this is a prompter. I will see how we can reconcentrate and put attentions in that respect. Uh, you want to watch uh, part two of Whispers in the Dark tonight at uh, 8.30 on the John News Channel. is across uh, many social media platforms as well. If you missed it on the Super Morning Show earlier today. Uh, still ahead, non-payment of contractors and theft of crucial parts are established as reasons behind the non-functioning of traffic and street lights in most parts of the country and the capital especially. I find it very difficult to understand why a human being like you and I, they go and pull all the cables, cut them and go and sell. Then government will have to look for another money to fix them. Then the major issue is that contractors are not being paid. They are not being paid. But some of the assemblies have issues. Monies are not being paid to contractors. Uh, details uh, of this and more after business. I'm pretty sure many of you driving home right now wonder why the street lights are out and your traffic lights are also not working. And George Jaffe is here with the very latest on the world of business. And George, we've been talking about the central bank today. Uh, he's been asked to resign. Did he say he will? If I didn't get that from him, okay. no. So, uh, uh, if he stays. Maybe if you draw an inference, maybe here yeah, he's going to stay. Mm, okay. What do you have in the headline? Well, Evans, coming up in business, Bank of Ghana insists it financed government's budget last year from existing resources and not printing of fresh currencies. And the government finally extends domestic debt exchange program to this Friday, despite receiving about 90% participation in cocoa and the domestic dollar bonds. The business news on Newsnight is brought to you by. MTN Business, welcome to the new world of business, Alliance Life and Ghana Pay.
If home is where the heart is, then let's go home, shall we? Let's go where the entertainment is. Where the passion is. Where the love ties. And sometimes, even the tears too. Let's go where we feel safe enough to share our opinions. And send sweets. Where we do that embarrassing little dance to our favorite song. Let's go home where the love, the care, and the joy live. <laughs> There's no place like home. Connect your home to super fast internet with affordable data bundles from MTN Home. Visit broadband.mtn.com.gh or your MyMTN app to sign up today. MTN. Son, we are so proud of you for setting up this hospital. I really love those hospital beds and waiting chairs. By the way, did you import them? No, Dad, I didn't. I actually got them from Kindle Books and Stationery right here in Ghana. Wow. We also bought our office supplies, safes, executive desks and chairs from Kingdom, and they gave us expert advice on how to set up our office. Guys, that makes three of us. I also got our sofa and bedroom sets, plus our dining hall furniture for our new home from Kingdom. Wow, Mom, that makes four of us. I usually get my stationery items from Kingdom. And my teacher also mentioned that our classroom furniture was provided by Kingdom. So there you have it. Whenever you're thinking about setting up an office or acquiring furniture for your home, etc., Kingdom Books and Stationery should be your first point of call. With over 14 years' experience in the industry, we stock and supply a wide variety of globally sourced office and home furniture, stationery, and equipment. Visit our head office, Osu Akwaje, or our office near the Osu Stadium. We're also in Tema Community 1, opposite Olam SHF, Kumase KNUST Campus, UCC. Cape Coast and now at the Marina Mall Airport City or call us 0302 7642097642209 or 7627792 visit our website www.kingdomgh.com Luxurious affordable living is your right and no one understands it better than BOT Properties. BOT Properties specializes in modern residential buildings and commercial office spaces. Our properties include the Equator, a 12-story made up of over 100 apartments near Accra Mall. At the Equator Courts, we offer you the deluxe living experience with our top-of-the-range homes, high-quality homes built with style and precision to suit your lifestyle. The Equator Courts is a gated community with two story four bedroom detached houses at Ubuju East Legon near American House. Our office complexes include Zion House, Shiashi East Legon, Zion House, Sofaline Interchange, Kumase. Our offices and apartments are for both rental and outright purchases at affordable prices and with flexible payment terms. Kindly contact us on 0257-960-919 or visit botproperties.com. BOT Properties, the new meaning of affordable luxury. No matter your water needs, Syntex has it all. Syntex Tank was first to introduce double-layer tank, and now you can have as many layers as you want. Syntex Tank was first to introduce white inner layer tanks in Ghana, and now introduces the customer specs order, which will let you order any color and size you want. Syntex Tanks gives you the biggest warranty of seven years, which no other tank gives you. So whatever your water consumption, size of project, or demand, choose Syntex Tank. 
tank. Syntex tank, stress-free. Syntex tank, reliable. Syntex tank, maximum guarantee. Call 0244-335-168. Kumasi 0505-555-666. Or visit SyntexDH.com. Syntex tank, a strong, a tough. you welcome back to business on Newsnight. now bank of ghana has maintained that it took funds from existing resources to finance government operations for last year it is therefore rejecting reports that it had to print fresh currencies to finance government's budget for last year there is more in this report Governor of the Bank of Ghana maintained that the central bank has the required resources and it does not need to print fresh money to finance government budget for last year. The government spending that leads to debit the government account. If there is any need to make a payment, we have the money here on the basis of, you know, monies that the central, I mean, the commercial banks have brought to us. As reserve requirements, for example, those are you don't need to go and print money before you can lend money to government. They're completely unrelated. But I know it's just mischief when people try to say oh, they printed money. It's more sensational. The governor also rejected reports that it has been financing government operations since 2017. The Bank of Ghana has acted within the applicable laws. It is not true that the Bank of Ghana has been providing financing for government every year. There has been zero financing in 2017, 2018, 2019, and 2021. The Bank of Ghana has only had to support in the pandemic year of 2020 and the crisis year of 2022. So what are the specific areas that the overdraft was advanced in 2022? This is what the governor of the Bank of Ghana had to say. We have a forecasting model, and that forecasting model does not include government expenditures or government financing. The forecasting model that goes into printing orders includes the size of the cocoa crop, for example, the size of the GDP forecast, because it's the quantity of money and the velocity of money, really. We need to know that have enough specie currency stock to be able to finance, you know, the gross domestic product. So those are the type of variable that goes into the determination of making a forecast of currency. Bank of Ghana governor has also been giving details on the exact time the decision was taken to start construction of the new headquarters and how the project is being financed. The decision to commence construction was taken as far back as 2019 when the bank generated profits. Appropriations for the head office were made each year from profits made in 2019, 2020, and 2021. The project has therefore been going on for over three years. The DDEP only took place in January 2023. If we were to be taking the decision today, building a legacy head office would not have been a priority. 
However, this is a project that has been running for three years and about 50% complete. The governor also disclosed that, looking at the work done so far, he's sure that Ghana will be able to pass Ghana's first review for the country's program with the IMF next year. And that is a business tax report. Meanwhile, financial economist Professor Lord Mensah says he doesn't think that it was prudent for the Bank of Ghana to finance government operations from commercial banks' reserves placed with the central bank. If I listen to the governor very well, he indicated that, you know, with the reserves that banks, commercial banks were keeping with the central bank, they have enough buffer to finance government activity, not necessarily for printing. I was thinking those, you know, reserves, are, deposit reserves are purposely for, you know, exposures like, you know, the shocks that, you know, uh, banks are likely to receive when the economy starts to turn down. So, you know, using it to finance government activities, I, I asked myself a question whether the core mandate of those, you know, 10% deposit reserves was purposely to finance government reserves. And even if it is it's supposed to be used to finance government activities, was it supposed to go directly to the government? Financial economist, uh, Professor Lord Menta. Domestic dollar bond, cocoa bills, and pension funds debt exchange will now come to an end this Friday. This was after government extended the deadline for the exchange of these old bonds for new ones to August 25, 2023. There is more in this report. According to persons with knowledge of the offer, the extension can be described as an administrative one. This is to allow fund managers of the pension funds some more time to work on the bids that have come in. Joy Business is learning that government has secured some 90% participation when it comes to the domestic dollar bonds and the cocoa bills. This is the second time that the domestic dollar bond exchange as well as the cocoa bills have been extended by the finance ministry. Government sources have told Joy Business that if this process come to an end by Friday, it can technically say that it has concluded the domestic debt exchange program. This should help the country secure its next tranche of cash from the International Monetary Fund by November this year. And that is a business tax report. Now, demand for dollars uh, by corporates continued to pick up strongly since last week. It is not clear for now what is fueling this demand, but some of the bank treasurers have told Joy Business that the move can be linked to most firms that are trying to restock for the Christmas festivities. However, the big question here on the minds of many Ghanaians is that will the Bank of Ghana be able to meet the surge in demand and how that could impact on the city's performance in the coming days you may need about 11 ghana cities 38 pesos to get a dollar from a commercial bank to the stock market if you were a shareholder of uh, sunday chartered bank today it was up by a peso and it's now worth 13 ghana cities 56 pesos and that's all uh, for business on newsnight events Thank you very much, George. And a few of your messages on our WhatsApp console. Nana on the Spinters Road says the BOG governor uh, couldn't have financed government since 2017 since the IMF was there then. 
also uh, still on the subject of the central bank the mess created by the bank of ghana cannot be explained away by any well-meaning ghanaian who has the country at heart that's kofi sedu with his thoughts on that subject and on the subject of the political parties complaining about the conduct of the electoral commission Ernestine um, Taifa says Mustafa Bande got it all wrong the NDC party should desist from peddling falsehood EC never said they are facing financial and logistical challenges and a final one on the same subject and this is a Kwamwa Boateng um, in Ablukuma says the NDC, they are always looking for ways to make their party relevant by engaging in frivolous demonstrations, he says. And the, this is in reference uh, to the EC subject and to the BOG issues. You're still live here on Newsnight on Joy 99.7 FM. Safe driving saves lives. Drive safe. Well, we've been asking questions about why traffic and street lights in the country have been non-functional for some time now, especially those in the capital. And you may be witnesses of this as you drive home tonight. It is emerging that non-payment of contractors is a key reason. Now, I'll tell you more shortly. But first, my colleague Samuel Imbura and Nana Bwache Yadom visited some sports notorious for this phenomenon and came through with this report. First, Samuel Imbura from Awoshiban Yard last night i've been to the liberation road around airport which is supposed to be the entry and exit point of ghana and some of the traffic lights are not working the same as the upsa stretch the 37 military hospital right in front of that hospital is not also exempted a whole lot of areas the nema stretch is also a big challenge the 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 situation on i mean in banyard as it's been by traffic light is it's it's so critical and so nasty. Let me use the word nasty to extend that. I mean, every single day, we we, we see accidents happening. We, I mean, accidents, both pedestrians and cars being smashed. And I mean, a whole lot of, you know, you know what, when we talk about road, road accidents, I mean, if we have to count the number of fatalities, in terms of road accident fatality, we should be counting banyards, one of the main contributing factors. How long has this been the situation? I mean, ever since I've, I've, I've been here for the past four years, Ever since I came here, I understand it's like six years straight. Rashid, thank you very much. So Ra- Rashid just represents the many voices here at Banyard at Ablekuma. Uh, I have another person here who is also concerned about it. Uh, how often do you use this road? Uh, what do you have to say about it? I've been living in this place for 27 good years. And I can tell you that it's very bad the situation here. Every time, every night there is an accident here. And- I want to take you to the Ashanti regional capital where Nana Bwache Yadom interacted with residents of Amekum on the traffic and street light situation there. In several communities, dysfunctional traffic lights and street lights have led to traffic congestion, wrong vehicle and pedestrian directions, motorist conflicts and prolonged travel times. The poor illumination at night and safety at road intersections have become a worry to motorists and commuters. And this traffic light always, sometimes it goes on, sometimes it goes off. And even yesterday, as one of my brother was saying, there was a, 
uh, accident here with a VIP and a motorbike. And this traffic light is the inner city traffic light from Kumasi to Ajiso and Accra. And you can see behind you, you have seen that those from Accra to Kumasi, they just stop here and watch those from Kumasi to Accra to come before they to they move because of the traffic light. And I don't know who is responsible for the traffic light to, I mean, maintain or to repair when it goes off any. Mm. So uh, many of you have the same complaints. So really, what's the situation? What really is accounting for what we are witnessing uh, across the country? David As uh, Asafawa, I don't think, is the acting head of the National Road Safety Authority uh, and says that the functional uh, traffic light is largely due to the theft of vital components uh, of these uh, traffic lights by individuals who currently they're looking for. Now, sometimes I find it very difficult for to understand why a Ghanaian, a typical Ghanaian, a human being like you and I, would want to approach a public facility, government facility, which we have used the taxpayers' money to produce, to install. And then in the night when you and I are asleep, they go and vandalize. They go and pull all the cables, cut them and go and sell. Then government will have to look for another money to fix them. There are other factors where some contractors who also manage or maintain these devices may come out at a certain point in time to say they have not been paid some money and, and so uh, they, they cannot go doing some more work when the, the previous one they, they paid have not they, they did have not been paid well as it turned out also contractors who have not been paid are also part of the problem because they have, because they've not been paid are not willing to repair the traffic lights they are responsible for Listen to the CEO of Top Techs, Sol Gabra. We spend about three months to find out why traffic lights are not working. Uh, vandalism is also what we found out. Damage of underground cables by unauthorized excavations, uh, especially by the construction firms. Burning of refuse close to the equipment is also one major issue. Now, there's also damage of the ducts and chambers by other utilities in order to share the facility without authorization power fluctuations is also one major issue now there's inadequate funding from road fund due to capping of funds by ministry of finance uh, then the major issue is that contractors are not being paid they are not being paid if some two weeks ago i was working sometimes we go out i was working with a team from ghana police la look i was standing there right in front of you know everybody a gentleman riding a motorbike came over and then switched on these traffic lights so i went close to him and i said oh so uh, traffic lights are working and then he turned it off again so i asked him again and said they haven't paid us so we can't switch it on and he put in the padlock and went away why are we suffering why should should, should we suffer there are a lot of accidents occurring in fact and, and if i'm i'm Really, really upset. Whoever is concerned must be dealt with. And I'm sure it's coming from the Ministry of Transportation. We need to knock hard. We need to correct this because people are dying. And that's so true because uh, 43 more people died through road traffic accidents in July 2023 compared to the same period last year. Now, these are figures contained in the latest data on road traffic casualties published by the National Road Safety Authority. According to the data, 1,328 people died through road traffic accidents in July this year compared to 1,221 recorded last year. Uh, let's do sports now. And Ms. Bao 
joins me with details. Hello, Ms. Bao. Hello, Evans. Well, of course, uh, I just have to start from your club, Manchester United, and it's Mason Greenwood, and he, the club has you know, said to part ways with him after uh, their internal investigation about his alleged abuse over there. And of course, Mason Greenwood himself has released a statement that uh, he stands by the uh, decision that he did not do anything wrong as far as that allegations of abuse against his girlfriend is concerned. But he accepts that he made some mistakes in the course of his relationship with the lady and has decided to take responsibility for same, especially now that he is having to father a child. So uh, not sure where it's going to end. There's been some rumors about Paris Saint-Germain even expressing interest to, you know, snap him or even there have also been suggestions that he might possibly end up at Saudi Arabia with all the exodus of players happening. So we wait to see where Mason Greenwood will be. But to the World Athletics Championship now and getting a long jumper Deborah Aqua, he, she has been calling for support in order for her to return to her very best in the sports. And of course this follows revelation by her that the country she abandoned her after promising to help her undergo treatment uh, that after accepting to compete in the Commonwealth Games despite injured. She explains that uh, all of her colleagues, in fact, need the support of the country in order to continue to raise the flag of the country high. I know, I know Ghana can do the best to support. It's, I'm not the only one. Like, we all need help. Yeah. yeah, so, yeah, I think Ghana can do their best to, to kind of support us. And then, because at the end of the day, if I had qualified, what would they say? It wouldn't be Deborah Aqua, but Deborah Aqua from Ghana. I remember last year when we, as Amati and I, were, I think, the world leader, world leaders. But when we are posted, you know, the former, uh, you know, uh, vice president posted. So it's not only going to benefit Deborah or my myself and my family, but then Ghana as a whole. So they then, say victory has if many we friends. both are going to benefit, then why not help push the talent? Uh, Deborah Aqua, very fair point there. If the country is going to benefit from heroics, why not invest in their craft? So, uh, even it's a very strong message, and I hope that uh, she get the support she needs to be able to recover and return to her very best over there. Well, um, Fencho Tahiri Fencho is in Budapest covering the World Athletics Championship, so we'll be bringing you more updates uh, as and when the event unfold over there. That's all for sports, uh, brought to you by Pepsodent Herbo and Jacko Pepsodent. Every smile matters. Thank you very much. Hmm. Charlie, what uh, And that's uh, Charlie, let's go. And it's a festival. Uh, everybody's trooping there right now. Trust me, all white meditative procession has kick-started to the 13th edition of the biggest street festival in Africa. That is the Chaliwate Festival. The Black Star Square is adjoining streets and the Usu community are witnessing a new wave of the Chaliwate Festival. Uh, my colleague Jacqueline uh, Asumayebo has been interacting with patrons. to um, start the procession in the main Osu street. So I have um, one of the members here who will just give me a brief um, as to what they did earlier. So they poured libation. We just want to know more about it. So Ni, um, can you tell me more about what has happened earlier? We are processing from the Christian World Council to the Osu Township. Now as you can see, we have the Osu Lomo, who is the, the principal chief. Yeah. So you need to, once you are passing to somebody's 
house. You need to go to the person's house and ask for permission. Okay, so that was what you did earlier. We went there for the Wulomo to pray for us so that we will be a successful king. Okay. What is going to be any bad or any negative energy should, should we drive away. Okay. So we went there to pay homage uh, to the ancestors. Okay. So as, we, as you can see, we went to the Wulomo's place to for us so that we can have a successful possession. Okay. All right, Ni, I see you have this around your neck. What does it signify? And first of all, what's the name of it? It's called Isub. When the local language, you call it Nyanyina. Nyanyina? Nyanyina. Okay. That is called Isub. We are used to drive away negative energies. As we, we possess through a township, we have some bad and negative or negative energies around. So it's, it's a, a, in spirituality, it's used to drive away negative energies and also save us for purification. And the colorful uh, procession and the festival itself is all across our social media platforms. Also on the Joy News channel, you really do not want to miss that. Trust me, you will marvel at what you see. The Chalewati Festival just started and is going all the way to Sunday and it's exclusive here across our multimedia platforms. Up next is what happened to customer service. That's my opinion. When the answer call, stay.